Good morning. All right, we're back in Second Peter. We've taken a little hiatus from it, but we're going to finish up over the next couple of weeks through this a great study that we've been talking about, knowing God. And we've been really focusing on what it is that God's revealed to us through his character and also throughout all of history. And today, one of the things that we get to focus on is this. Today is one of our mission Focus Sundays. And you'll see as we go throughout our time teaching together today, a few videos that we're going to share with some missionaries across the world. But one of the things I really want to uh, impress upon your heart today, and one of the things we're going to see in Scripture is this. There is both urgency and patience in the call of God. And those things may seem like they shouldn't be present at the same time. Urgency and patience. But really, as we look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 8 through 10 today. And what we want to be able to take from this is, what is it that God has called us to, the urgency of that call, and also the great patience of the Lord, in which he sees things working out throughout all of history, today, and into the future. Urgency and patience. We're going to talk some today about what it means to know the call of God on your life and how to work that out in your everyday You'll see a number of different uh, testimonies from a few missionaries today that talk about how God is using them to uniquely reach the people that God has placed them amongst and the people that they are from, their own people groups. And one of the things that I hope you'll take away from this morning as we walk is, as we look at these three verses, 8, 9, and 10 from chapter 3 of 2 Peter, that we walk away knowing who God has called us to and how we're going to follow him in that. Every single one of us has opportunities to share the gospel with people who desperately need to hear it. Every one of us. The goal is to not leave that for someone else to do, but instead to know exactly what God's called us to do and then prayerfully and with the help of those around us accomplish that task by sharing the gospel, both through the demonstration of our lives and through the declaration of God's word to others. Scripture calls us to this great commission, as Matthew 28 gives us, and it's, it's a call to go and make disciples. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it reminds us that that is to make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the call is everywhere where God's people are. Everywhere. And sometimes I think it's a little bit easier for us as followers of Christ to allow that to happen somewhere else and not wake up every morning knowing God has called me today to walk in his word, to walk in his light, and to bring hope to those that I'm going to run into. So how do I do that faithfully? How do we do that together as a church faithfully? That's what we want to focus on as we look at these verses from 2 Peter chapter 3. So turn there with me. I'm going to read these three verses, and then after that, we're going to see a couple of testimonies from a few of our missionaries about how they are working out the urgency of God's call. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that anyone 
should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Pray the Lord would help us as we take a few moments this morning, walk our way through these verses. But before we do that, I want to give us the opportunity to hear from a couple of our missionaries that are working out this great call that God has, that he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should have opportunity for repentance. We're going to first hear from Bishop John Golopali. Bishop Golopali works in India with the lowest of the lowest class in India. He served there for many years and has planted hundreds of churches through his ministry there. After that, we'll hear from Bim Biswa, who serves right here in Syracuse as pastor of the Syracuse Nepali Church, reaching refugees both from Nepal and then other places as they come and settle in the city of Syracuse. And both these men have wonderful examples of how God is using them to reach their people right where he's put them. So let's take a few minutes and hear from our missionaries. Good morning, Pastor Rob, Pastor Larry, and God's people in North Syracuse Baptist Church community. It is very interesting to know that Pastor Rob has turned his attention to homeward, challenging people to bring their own kin and kith, friends and relatives, to the fold of Jesus Christ. Reaching your own tribe has been our theme, and that has been very rewarding because tens and thousands have joined the fold of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to his own, dwelt among them. Jesus began his ministry in his own birth state, Galilee, close to Nazareth, which means reaching his own people. When he sent out his disciples, he ordered them, take the gospel to the lost sheep of Israel. In fact, you find this same attitude in Paul, deep concern for the salvation for his people. I am personally thankful our ministry basically based upon this principle and tribals started reaching their own people. My parents, I praise the Lord as they followed Jesus, many of their relatives also followed them in the faith. Thank you, Pastor Rob, Pastor Larry, for this rare opportunity for me to share a word from our side in your challenge to the local people to reach their own kin and kith. Thank you for your prayers and support. John Golapalli. This is Bim Biswa from Syracuse Nepali Church. Yes, um, I thank God for choosing me and I never thought what uh, God is doing right now through my life, reaching to my own people. And yes, once I was in darkness, I was blinded, but now I can see. I can see the true living God and I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Because what of God says, uh, you will receive the power and to witness Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and end of the earth. Yes, in, a, in order to reach uh, the people, first is our own people because God made, made the tribes, God made 
all the languages in the world and different people. So we have a responsibility to reach uh, Jerusalem. So this is our Jerusalem. Our people is Jerusalem. So yes, um, because we know our people better. We know our people culture because we are same culture and and we can impact them more. We can uh, feel them more than anyone. So uh, this is a responsibility because God died for our sin and given us eternal life. So a couple of stories from different places, both India, across the world, and just a few miles down the road in the city of Syracuse, where God has called specific people into his mission and given them a unique opportunity to meet and reach the people that they have grown up around and the people of their own culture. I recently got back, as you already know, from a, a trip to the Dominican Republic, and while I, I am always energized and excited to be able to go and see God's work in different places in the world. It's a unique opportunity to see what God is doing in those places and to be able to be just a really small part of that. But one of the things that God continually reminds me of when I come back, and this time it was specifically on the airplane, I was flying home and um, I had to fly back early, so I flew back by myself, so I had a lot of alone time. And one of the things that God was telling me on that trip was, remember, Take what you've learned home with you and reach the people where God has put you the same way it is exciting and exhilarating to reach the people when you go somewhere else. So you may ask, what does that have to do with our passage this morning? These few verses in 2 Peter chapter 3. And it's this, the urgency of God's call, knowing God's character and knowing his plan should impress upon us an urgency to be about the mission of God. Let's look at verse 8 together. Verse 8 says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The first truth in the urgency of God's call that we have to understand is the eternality of God. God is eternal. And that makes him different than you and I. And the way that his eternality affects us is this. We need to understand, when we look at a verse like this, to the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. What does that even mean? And as we do start to think about that, there's a difference between us and our understanding of time and seasons and God's understanding of time and seasons. I've heard and read many different things over the course of ministry, my ministry life, and one of them is this, that often people struggle with this idea that the Apostle Paul in the New Testament is writing to many different churches, and so is Peter here, and, and they're often saying, the day of the Lord is at hand. It's coming. And here we are 2,000 years later, how do we reconcile those two truths? We reconcile those two truths with understanding that time is not something that binds God. 
He exists outside of it. And we're never really going to fully understand that concept that God exists outside of time and space because our brains can't comprehend that. Or at least mine can't. If yours can, schedule an appointment. I'd like to know. Okay, how, how you got there. Um, you can help me with that. But the, the reality is this. The concept of being outside of the constraints of time and space are just beyond us. And God is the one that exists there. He exists before time began. He exists currently in this present state, and he will exist into the future. And time does not mean the same thing to him as it does to us. Sometimes, as we're waiting for the Lord to do certain things, we might get a little impatient. But God is not impatient. The existence of God in the middle of eternity. Man is immortal. And that might, think, that might hit you differently because you're thinking, no, we're mortal. Well, no, we're not, actually. The definition of immortal is this, something that has a beginning but doesn't have an end. And every single one of us is going to exist for eternity now. In one of two places, God tells us through his word. In his presence in heaven, in paradise, or in separation from him in hell. Once a human being is born and God breathes life into your lungs and into your life, that soul exists forever. The difference between immortality and eternity, eternality is this. Immortality has a beginning but not an end. Eternity has no beginning and no end. And that is a concept that really should hit us pretty hard. It puts God in a different place and in a different status than any of us will ever understand. And where our faith comes in is this. One day to the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. So often we think and could think, you know, I've got tomorrow to worry about telling my neighbor about Jesus. You know, I, I don't need to take that opportunity. I, I hope I get another one. Maybe next week I'll do it. And while we think about time in that light and think that we just keep having much more time, at the same time, we have no idea when the Lord is going to choose to return. It could be now while we're all sitting here. It could be on our drive home. It could be tomorrow. It could be 10 years from now. It could be 1,000 years from now. We don't have any idea. But as scripture lays this out for us, it's important for us to understand that God is eternal and then understand how the fact that he is eternal affects us. Verse nine. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient. I was thinking about this statement, how some count slowness, right? we would sometimes think that God is being slow, slow to take away a particular circumstance that we are not pleasurably dealing with, slow to change us to be more like him. And you, you wake up some days, or at least I do, and I, I think most of you probably do, you think, God, I just want to be more like you, and I wish you would do it at a faster pace. But this is great. If you're not the fastest person in a race, you can just say, I'm not slow, I'm patient. 
okay? Just don't quit. Get to the end, all right? Get there patiently, all right? God is not slow to accomplish his promises. He's patient. And in his patience, here's one of the unique things about this particular verse. I think oftentimes we think he's patient just so that more people will hear about him. Uh, we got to be careful about what this verse actually says. It says this, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is, pa- is patient, what are the next two words? Toward you. He's patient toward you. Who's Peter writing to? Peter's writing to Christians. Peter's writing to people who have already been made new. They've been scattered now, remember? It's exiles. The Christians have been moved all throughout, so they're not together, but they are followers of Christ. And Peter is instructing them that God is not slow. He's being patient with you. Patient with you as a believer. How? Patient with you to get on the horse and tell more people about Jesus. That's who he's being patient to. That's what scripture says. He's not being patient to everyone else per se. Now he is also being patient to everyone else. But what this verse actually tells us is he's being patient with you and me because we're not, and let's not misuse the word patient, we're actually slow to tell people about who he is. We're nervous to tell people about who he is. Sometimes we're fearful to tell people about what he's done for them. Because we're afraid of the response or the reaction. We're afraid of our own standing if we share the gospel more clearly and more often. So who's God being patient with? Us. And the reason he's being more patient with us is so that we can get more involved in his mission. He is a patient God. It says, but he is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God doesn't need you or I to save people, but he wants to use you and I to help save people. We can't make anybody's heart new. We know this from scripture. He is the sole indicator in someone's life that they have been made new. He is the one who needs to call us to repentance. He is the one that gives us the faith to believe. And he is the one that changes our heart from stone to flesh. But he is also very clear that he wants his people to be about his work. Some statistics that we've seen throughout time. The majority of believers that have been walking with the Lord for 10 years or more, 10 years or more, the majority of believers, and by majority, I had to dig in a little bit to this report, they're saying over 75%. So over 75% of people who have known Jesus for more than 10 years have told less than five people about how to go to heaven. Less than five. Walking with the Lord for 10 years and have told less than five people how to know Jesus and be made new. 
That's why God's being patient. That's why his patience is so needed in our lives. We shouldn't be sitting here on a Sunday morning and come back the next week on a Sunday morning and still be asking who we're going to tell about Jesus. We should be coming back next Sunday and celebrating who God already gave us the opportunity to tell about Jesus. We should be coming back next Sunday and praying for those people that we told about Jesus. It is not the job of a select few to be about the mission of God. It is the job of every believer. Every Christian is a missionary. Every single one of us. And while we do have the opportunities to watch and hear and be reminded and encouraged about testimonies from around the world, we need to take those encouragements of people God is using through great faith and reaching their own with the gospel and be challenged to do it ourselves. Verse 9 talks about his patience to us. As we seek to make sure that we have shared the good news with every person that he's given us the chance to. We want to watch another short video here of Joseph Cavulli. Joseph is the CEF director for, get this, 13 countries in southern and eastern Africa. 13 countries. They reach several million people with the gospel every year in those countries. Let's watch and be encouraged by Joseph's testimony today. Hello, my name is Joseph Kavuli. I'm working with the Child Evangelism Fellowship in East Central Africa. I am going to share just a few things regarding the importance of taking the gospel to children. In the book of Mark, chapter uh, 16, verse uh, 15, it says, He said to them, Go into all the world and uh, preach the gospel to every creature. And that is uh, a commandment from God, which we must, all of us, uh, listen and obey. Also in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 14, it says, in the same way, it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little children should perish. So in these two verses and others from the Bible, it is showing how important it is to reach the, the unreached lives. And for this reason, I, Joseph Kavuli, I'm working with the Child Evangelism Fellowship with my main uh, job is to reach uh, children every, uh, in every nation, and this must be done every day. I want to thank you and ask you to pray for the ministry of CEA around the world. Thank you and God bless you. Stories like this should be a challenge and an encouragement to us.
Joseph's ministry reaches millions of young people with the gospel. Why not you and I? Why not right here? Who is it that we have had the opportunity that maybe even as we're talking, as I'm talking this morning and you're listening, that you're thinking, yeah, I missed that opportunity yesterday or this week. And here's what I would encourage you to do. Don't live in guilt or shame. Instead, just ask the Lord, be patient, please, and give me another chance. Bring that person back around to me, please. The Lord is faithful. He'll do it. And he might bring someone else into their life as well. Because we have no idea if we are here to till the ground in someone's life so they can receive the seeds of the gospel. If we're here to plant seeds in their life, if we're here to water those seeds, or if we're here to see the actual harvest when people come to Christ, we have no idea where we're at in that timeline. And it's not our concern to actually try to control it. It's only our job to be faithful. Faithful every day. Look at verse 10 with me from 2 Peter chapter 3. It says this. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. See, knowing that there is an end in sight brings urgency to our current situation. It says the day of the Lord, this day where God does away with the the current heavens and the earth and creates a totally new one, will come in a particular way, come like a thief. Now, a thief, interestingly enough, doesn't send you a note ahead of time. Okay? Or at least not any good thief would ever do that, right? Let you know, hey, I'm coming. Here's the time. Here's the day. Feel free to put away your valuables. That's not how this analogy works. It's as he's using this description of a thief in the night, a thief comes unannounced, unexpected. That's how the day of the Lord's going to come. So why is that important to us? It's not for us to be afraid every day. When is the Lord coming? Because if you know Jesus, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But it is supposed to have the effect of urgency on our lives because we don't know if we have tomorrow to tell that same person about Jesus. We have no clue. We might not have the rest of today. So while we understand the patience of the Lord and we are thankful that that is a key part of God's character towards us, in the midst of that patience, don't get lazy. Take it as a blessing and then act with urgency. This is how patience and urgency can coexist. God is patient with us. We need to be urgent about his mission. It says here, as this day of the Lord comes, man's great works will be burned up. The word here that says the earth, the heavenly bodies, will also be burned up and dissolved. These heavenly bodies, the word there for bodies is not actual bodies. It's, it's the heavenly existence. Okay? So everything we see, the galaxy we can look through a telescope at, the things you study in textbooks about the universe, That's not where God exists. 
I hope we know that, right? God doesn't exist a couple of planets away. He looks down on our universe from a place that is completely other. And one day when the day of the Lord comes, all of that will be wiped away. And frankly, the things we do to build up reputation, treasures, and possessions on this earth will be gone. The old analogy, right? You never see a U-Haul behind a hearse because you don't get to take it with you. There's only one thing that lasts, and that is the souls of men and women. And God has given us the opportunity to be part of his plan, and he patiently waits so that we can be about the work that no one goes unreached. Here, in southern and eastern Africa, in India, and everywhere in between. Man's great works, all the things that man boasts about, great cities, great buildings, inventions, achievements, will be destroyed in a moment in time. Gone. And then, all sinners will stand before the throne of God. And we will have nothing to point to of evidence of our greatness. Because it won't be there anymore. It will all be gone and only one thing will matter. And that is our relationship with God. This last short video we're going to watch is by George Cherian and George serves with Bible Basics in India. This ministry has planted hundreds of churches by doing a specific work of training up youth and young people in a, in a centralized location and then sending them back to their villages to minister the gospel and start churches. They also have, in the Kerala state of India, a compound where they care for orphans and widows and the elderly and share the gospel with them as well. Let's watch as George shares with us what God's using him to do to reach the people that he's put him amongst. Pastor Rob and Pastor Larry, let me try to answer the two questions you have sent to me. There is a very common statement that everyone with Christ is a missionary and uh, everyone without Christ is a mission field. I remember in my own personal life where I worked in a secular setup many years, there was a friend of mine with whom I closely associated. One day as I came to relieve him from the work, I found that he was rushed to the hospital and he never returned. The Lord asked me a question. Did you share the gospel with him? I felt as though his soul slipped through my hand. In one of our mission fields, a very effective missionary was not seeing significant growth. We even thought of transferring him. But then a family came to know the Lord through him. 
and that family became so alive and they shared the gospel with their community and the church began to grow today that church is full it is when the believers become active when they share gospel with their own people that the church grows now regarding the second question why is it important for god i feel when god places each one of us in a cultural setting or in a geographical location it is with a sovereign plan god placed us there to share the good news so for god in his sovereign will and plan this is very important that we share the good news where we are the samaritan woman story i think is the classic example she came to know the lord then she ran to her town shared with a simple statement come and see the man who have told me everything so many people came to know him i think this is god's plan for a dynamic church growth may god bless as we hear these stories and these challenges from faithful godly leaders around the world i have a couple questions for us as we close we need to ask ourselves is what i is what i'm doing every day destined to go up in a cloud of smoke or is what i'm giving my time to about the work of the lord that will last forever am i inside the mission of god every day in my job in my home on the block in my neighborhood at the grocery store everywhere we go are we about the mission of god in such a way that the works that we commit ourselves in this world have eternal consequences and will last i encourage you to make your decision today decide now as joshua said to the people you can decide whatever you want as for me and my house we're going to serve the lord Imagine if every one of us had that same commitment every day what God could do. He's doing some of it already and we've seen it. We watch people come to know him. We watch him people get up and be baptized, testimony about his faithfulness and the change that he's brought to their lives. Let's not be content with what we've already seen. Let's be about more than that. God is patient with us. Look around you and know that the people that God has put in your life day to day, he has put in your life specifically so that you can share the gospel with them. So let's be thankful for the patience of God. And let's live in the urgency of God's mission. Patience and urgency is part of God's people. I'm thankful that God's patient with me and with us as a church as we try to get it right as we try to improve and do better as we try to 
follow him and all the things he's given us to do. I'm thankful for his patience, but I never want us to exist outside of the urgency of the call. So let's remember that. 